Hello out there to whoever's listening. This is Pastor Tim Dooner of Valley Forge Presbyterian Church, and I welcome you to the second episode of the Winter 2020 series called 2020 Vision. During this uh, series of episodes, we're considering different teachings of Jesus from his Sermon on the Mount, and we're asking ourselves if we're seeing Jesus clearly with 2020 vision. This uh, second reflection of the series is entitled, You Are the Light of the World. I invite you to enjoy and to become centered now by a time of quiet and stillness as we prepare to reflect and think together. What I share for your consideration and imagination today is a portion of Matthew's Gospel. This is from the fifth chapter of his work, uh, another teaching from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Matthew writes, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We're grateful for how God uses the scripture to shape and inspire and call us. As we move into 2020, we're playing on the numbers and asking if we are those whose focus, work, worship, witness, whose life is conformed to the example of Jesus. Are we seeing Jesus with clarity such that we can emulate him well? If we have 2020 vision, we know that the letters, numbers, and shapes on the chart 20 feet in front of us are crisp and clear. There's no mistaking what we see, but sometimes there are reasons why for some of us those letters, numbers, and shapes are not crisp, and what we think we see is not what's actually there. So we're looking at these teachings from Jesus' sermon, and we're asking if we're seeing him. And therefore, based on what he says and does, seeing ourselves and seeing others and seeing God clearly. Or if we're seeing something else, something other than the truth due to assumption, due to bias, due to the desire to see something else. So in the last episode, we we considered um, Jesus teaching that that we who would follow and learn from and emulate him are the salt of the earth. Just as salt's been used for thousands of years to preserve meats and other foods, we're those who put our lives to work preserving the world as God intended it to be. We do that by using our strength, our mercy, and our longings for peace. We are salty life preservers. <laughs> In this episode, we consider this next affirmation that Jesus makes about us, that we are the light of the world. Maybe you, maybe we have different associations that come to mind when we each hear the word light. If you are like me, and you can suntan uh, on a cloudy day in 10 minutes, maybe you think of how the sunshine fills us with vitamin D and sustains every plant species on the planet even if we have to be careful when we're out in it. We, we know that it's life-giving and good for us to have the light of the sunshine upon us. Maybe we think of light uh, as an enabler of productivity. 
as turning on the lights after hours allows for continued work or recreation or leisure. Maybe you think of how the lights above the bathroom mirror allow us to see both those little imperfections and signs of beauty. Maybe you think of a flashlight or the headlights of a vehicle lighting the way through darkness. Jesus gives us some clues about what he's intending with this metaphor. The first clue is that, is that in the Greek, the word you is plural. It's a y'all. You all, plural, are the light, singular, of the world. This is not a metaphor about who we are or what we ought to become individually. This is about what the community of his followers become together corporately. You all together as a community of people, a body of connected members, you all together are the light of the world. It's not that some of us shine and some of us don't, that some of us have the true light and others don't. Being the light is something that we can only truly do together in community. This is meant to say more about us as a congregation and then as a movement in the world than it is about any one of us in our individual piety or religiosity. The next clue is that he compares being the light of the world to being a city on a hill. The Greek word he uses is polis, from which we get words like Minneapolis, Annapolis, or if you're a fan of Superman like me, Metropolis. It's used to describe both the physical structure and structures of the city and the collective community of persons who live together in a particular place. Jesus is saying that us together, being the light of the world, is like being a city on up on a hill. We are like a collective of people living together in community in a way that everyone else can see. A city in a valley can be hidden. So can a city on the other side of a mountain or a city surrounded by trees, but a, but a city up on a hill is visible to all. So when we hear this, we have to know that part of being Jesus' people is not allowing ourselves to hide. We can't hide behind our church doors. We can't hide behind our dogma. We can't hide behind our churchy language, our preconceptions, our programs and committees. We can't hide behind our busyness or our schedules. We cannot hide behind our sense of self-righteousness. We are meant to be seen. If we were to go for a walk around our neighborhood, uh, where we are in Upper Marion, King of Prussia, or we're to go through the walk through the aisles of Target, if we go out to lunch at a local staple here, these restaurants, Peppers or Screwballs, or we're standing with others at a sporting event at one of the local school fields or one of the local parks like Walker Field, or if we're together at the community center, the senior center, we're checking books out of the Upper Marion Library, if we're bumping into an employee or supervisor or neighbor at the township building, whoever we bump into or run across ought to know who we are. Valley Forge Presbyterian Church, the Church of Jesus and King of Prussia, 
the people of Jesus because we are visible to all, a city up on the hill for all to see. If our neighborhoods don't know who we are, either Valley Forge Church or the Church of Jesus in all its forms in this town and in our towns, if if our neighborhoods have no idea what goes on among us or what we're all about, we have to ask questions about why it is that we're hidden from their view. In what ways have we been hiding as congregations? Hiding, uh, hiding locally, in what ways have churches all around the world been hiding? What have we been hiding behind? Why have we been hiding? And what can we do differently so that we as a community, uh, this corporate body, are not hidden anymore, but we're like a city on a hill for all to see? Jesus' clue, next clue, it's, it's another comparison. We're like, we're like a city on a hill. We're also like a lamp that has been lit. And no one after lighting a lamp puts it under a big basket. Instead, it's, it's placed up on a lampstand so that it gives light to the whole house. Now, this, this imagery might be, it might take a while for us to, to imagine. It might be hard for us to imagine this because we have multi-room homes filled with these miracles of electricity and light bulbs and light switches in every room. But in Jesus' time, they had one-room homes with a lamp on a stand. When we're in a room, we can keep the light to ourselves uh, because there's enough to go around in our homes as they are now. As, as I was preparing this reflection, my wife Blair had the lights on in the kitchen while she helped our youngest with her homework. Our middle gal was, uh, was on a chair in the living room with, with a light shining on her while she read a book. Our oldest daughter was upstairs in her bedroom with 17 lights on, glaring while she did some drawing. Uh, I was sitting at a dining room table under a chandelier. In Jesus' time, with one lamp to light the one room of the one home for all, for me to crawl under a big basket with a lamp so that I could just do my thing would have been really selfish, and it would have cast the rest of the family into darkness. Now, darkness can not only be non-productive, it can also be dangerous. One time I was playing um, an after-dark, capture-the-flag kind of game with youth in the Poconos at a, at a weekend trip, and I ran full speed into a tree that I never saw. Darkness can be dangerous. Every night after Blair and I finish our evening chores, we turn off all the lights downstairs and we have to sneak back upstairs for the night, trying not to wake our girls. When we do, one of us usually turns on the flashlight on our cell phone to light the way. It's, it's not that we don't know where we are or where we're going. We could navigate the steps from memory from the kitchen around through the living room and up the steps, but... But what we never know on a given night is what obstacles and traps our girls have put in the way. I have tripped over toys and purses. I've slipped on dirty socks and books. And my favorite was one time when I knocked over our oldest daughter's snare drum that I didn't know was in the middle of the hallway and I woke up the whole house. We together are the light of the world. We're to be visible to and known by all those around us like a city on a hill. We are a lamp, like a lamp that is shining so that it gives light to others. Darkness can be dangerous. God asks us to be that light shining that, that, that shows the way to the world around us so that they don't trip up in the darkness.
So we remember these things that light does. Light does something positive to our bodies. For me, that's if I have enough SPF 100 on, it's in moderation. But there, sunlight is a life-giving force for our bodies. It does something good for us. Uh, a sunny day in the middle of the winter makes us feel like a million bucks. There are scientific studies galore out there about the positive impact of faith on physical health and longevity and on our mental health with a theology of caring for what God has created, including our own bodies as a temple of God's goodness, and with the ability to minimize worry through trusting in God's intervention in this life for our sake, there, there are many positive things that the light of faith does to our minds and bodies. We are called to let others see that light. Light enables more work, leisure, and recreation that, than if we didn't have it. When, when we understand that the work of life, whether that's the work of our vocation, our volunteerism, or our, our work of just building and nurturing relationships, when, when we understand that those are part of something bigger than us, so much more than just work for the sake of personal gain, our work becomes deeply meaningful and rewarding. And when our relationships with others are, are not self-serving, they're not about utility or tribalism, but about joyful leisure and recreation that we share together as we belong to one another, our relationships become far more meaningful and rewarding, more meaningful work and relationships than we find in the darkness. We are, we are those who are to shine that light. Light allows us to see our imperfections and our beauty, both as we look at ourselves in the mirror and as we look at one another. With the light of faith, with the light of Christianity, we do not respond to the imperfections that we see in ourselves or others with criticism and judgment. Jesus' light doesn't shine on our imperfectly beautiful selves so that we feel badly about ourselves because of them or so that we're critical of ourselves or others, but so that we can address our imperfections together with grace and patience for the sake of being more healthy and whole. And so that we can celebrate the God-given beauty that's found in every single created child of God. The light helps us to constantly refine ourselves to be our best. And, and we are those who shine that light. And light helps us to navigate through the darkness of new places, like a forest I'd never run through before. And to, and to navigate through the darkness that is part of mundane daily living, which we, we all know is often full of unexpected obstacles and traps and surprises along the way. The light of Jesus and his teachings, the promises he makes about God's love and constant help, and the attitudes, actions, and guiding principles that he claimed were truly and authentically human, these promises and principles become the guidance we need to navigate new seasons that are full of uncertainty, and they're the guidance we need to navigate over and beyond the obstacles we face every day. Those things that trip us up, like fear and worry and busyness, and putting hope in money, possessions, success, etc. Shine that light. And in the same way as that lamp on a stand says, Jesus, let your light shine before others. You all together, your life together needs to shine before others. So don't hide. Stand up. Let your life shine before others so that they can see your good and godly works and give glory to God in heaven.
Christians don't have the light of Christ so that we can keep it to ourselves and ensure our own way without concern for others. If our light is hidden or it's pointed so that it highlights the faults of others, but it doesn't guide them with care and grace, or if it's blinding and scaring people away from God, or if, our, if the light's just out, then we aren't seeing Jesus clearly. We are God's light to the world so that with the same grace and love Jesus offered to others, we help to guide others through the snares and uncertainties of life. An example to close. During the month of December, the Upper Marion Area Community Cupboard, which the Valley Forge Congregation together as a people has helped to nurture and sustain within its building, offered food to hundreds of food insufficient neighbors within our community and inspired more than 50 organizations and clubs to participate in this good work of compassion and sharing with the least of our sisters and brothers in Upper Marion by making collections and donations. That's a city on a hill. That's being a light that shines. That's allowing a good and godly work of grace and compassion and love to be seen so that it inspires God's will being done. That is the light of God guiding a whole community through the traps of poverty, ignorance, materialism, fear, greed, and food insufficiency set in the darkness of the world. Because you all together, the church together, as the congregation let that light shine before the community. The neighborhood in which I serve does not know my name. Most of them may not know the names of our people. They don't know about sermons or confessions or hymns or studies. But they know that by the partnership and the willingness and the care of the church that God is good and feeds the hungry and God is to be glorified because the light of the congregation shines. So as we more deeply discern what we're to become unto the future, our congregation of Valley Forge and any congregation, we have to continue to hear and see Jesus clearly when he says that we are the light of the world. City on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. May God bless us in our reflections and in our prayers and in our living for the sake of Take care.